just make your what is it that you are intending to do tonight this very session let it be directed specifically to this very sitting session that you are about to do Keep reviewing your intention, your purpose, until it becomes a strong determination. And feel this determination infuse your whole being. That the very cells in your body, this intention, this determination, body also has this determination. There is no need for you to force the body posture. All you have to do is just observe. Bring your attention to the legs and let the legs remain or find the position they are looking for. Position that is conducive to meditation. That is conducive objective of your determination. Just notice how they seek a place that is comfortable and stable and let them find it and stay there. Do the same with the hands. Just bring your attention to the hands. Feel the hands seeking a place that is stable and comfortable a posture that is conducive for meditation. Elbows not too far, not too close to the body. Shoulders even. straightness where there is both comfort and leave it there. Center your head and neck so you don't have to consciously hold your head and neck in place so you don't have to hold them to prevent them from falling forward or backwards or to the sides. start to feel a sense of ease descending on the body itself. Let your mouth, teeth, tongue run natural places so the jaws are not too loose, the teeth are not clenched and have the tip of the tongue touch slightly the back part of the upper teeth.
attention to the eyes. Whatever your intuition tells you to adapt for the eyes, whether closed, opened, or half-opened, I'm conducive to you. Adopt that. so to speak, taking you to meditative state. Then gently, without any force, bring your attention to your breath. No intention to control it, no intention to force the mind to focus on it. Don't even concern yourself with what to do with distractions if you are aware of it. Your only concern is, are you aware of breathing out while you are breathing out? Are you aware of breathing in while you are breathing in? Whatever else may be present in the mind, whatever else you may be sensing, don't try to fight them, don't try to hold on to them. Just make sure that in towards all these sensations, there's awareness of the breath and knowledge that in-breath is happening while there's in-breath, out-breath is happening while there's out-breath. So in the background, your determination Right, the mindfulness of the sense of ease. And in forefront, observing the breath. some of the mindfulness now to the mind itself as it observes the breath. Become sensitive to the continuity of awareness following the breath. Our breath transforms into in-breath, keep following the breath. 
transforms back to out-breath. This continuity of awareness becomes palpably aware of it. And add to the observing of the breath the intention to keep this continuum, the continuity of awareness unbroken while you follow 21 cycles of breath. If the continuity of awareness is broken, simply start beginning. sense of ease, let the observation, the observing, not disturb it. Notice the sense of ease as it is reflected in the breath. Notice the sense of ease as it is reflected in the mind. intention to continue to its ever-deepening sense of ease. And wherever this 
depth of ease takes you wherever you find yourself with this sense of ease that is the platform upon which you will do your meditation. of this very infallible guide in that space, appearing in a bright form, a form made entirely of light, and know that this form is taken specifically to guide you, to inspire Trust yourself 
your trust, your faith, take a refuge. objective of your determination is right in that space. And show your gratitude. Make offerings. Remove the obstacles standing in your way. Admit your faults, the actions committed under their influence. Holding on to this intelligent regret. Again, take refuge. Accepting the protection and guidance being offered to you. strength and protection from taking refuge. Using that, make a promise to restraint in the future. Think of a definite period of time that you will exercise restraint according to your capacity. to do something to make up, something that you will do until you see signs of purification, something to counter the negative stains left in the mind from your regrettable actions. 
sense of lightness and rejoice be aware of the quality of mind uh, to help refine further the state of mind brought on by rejoicing I rejoice in all goodness, yours, others, no matter what the measure. this ever-deepening sense of ease, this ever-deepening sense of tranquility, and to the sense of tranquility, the platform of your meditation. Turn your attention to sentient beings. Feel their conditions. embrace, turn your attention again to your infallible guide in front of you. And be sensitive to the awareness that through your infallible guide you are connected to all enlightened beings. And feeling this sense of connection, you make requests the enlightened beings come into the lives of these sentient beings. Teach them how to truly end their pain. Teach them how to find true happiness. And to stay in their lives until they are truly free, truly happy.
indicate the power you've gained so far through these preliminaries. Seeing your infallible guide as the very embodiment of what you're aspiring to achieve, bring that bright presence to the crown of your head. Feel your whole being bathed from the radiance emanating from the from your infallible guide. And while thus being bathed. Make fervent, strong wishes to be free. Make strong wishes to gain the realizations you seek for this very session. become inseparable. And due to the strength of your aspiration, that form dissolves into a point of light, the very quintessence, quintessence of what you're aspiring to achieve. Feel it descend through the crown of your head, entering your heart center, there meeting with your mind and becoming inseparable. And with affirmation, hold on to whatever meaning you have of having achieved inseparability.
finally reached uh, verse 8. Took a little while to get here, but we're going to make the mo most of it. So that means we're going to stick with it for as long as we can. Okay. A few more Fridays with So, so far from verse 1 to verse 7, we've, um, uh, Mr. Lantampa has been helping us uh, uh, what may be called the, uh, uh, the conventional form of bodhicitta. And the conventional form of bodhicitta, in other words, the emotional aspect of bodhicitta dealing with compassion, dealing with love. But in a, <coughs> in a way that brings compassion to their uh, ultimate uh, expression. Not just a, a sentiment that you feel here n now and then, but an actual uh, uh, a cause for action, an actual motivation for action. Okay. Now to fully, to fully express compassion, that is, uh, to be able to remove the suffering of, of others, to be fully be able to uh, help others reach happiness, there's something th that, is, uh, that you need to complement. There's something else that is needed. Okay. Why are sentient beings suffering? Why are they not, not happy? And when you search into that, but that is because of a, of, of a misconception that they have, of a, uh, a conviction in a misconception. Okay. And because of this misconception, because of this conviction, which becomes the motivation for actions, which becomes the cause for uh, the means for gathering causes, becomes unsatisfactory. The result of the result of suffering, the result of the result of unhappiness. The results become what we call samsara. So this is what I meant when I said last time, when you take love to its, uh, take love and compassion uh, to their ultimate, <coughs> it will eventually lead you to wisdom. The necessity of developing wisdom to truly fulfill the, uh, the aim of compassion, the aim of, of, of love. And also, uh, because of the the type of meditation that Master Lani Tampa uh, asked us to, uh, to do at, at, at the seventh verse, and because of the, uh, the conviction that you're supposed to have when you're doing Tonglen, taking and giving, wisdom will also help you gain, uh, strengthen that conviction as to what is it about the nature of you, the nature of the meditation, and the nature of beings that could make it possible for you to actually take on their suffering for you to actually to for you to actually to give away your happiness to them, what is it about the nature of being that could make this possible? Okay. And what is it about the nature of, of suffering that makes suffering uh, uh, capable of being removed? What is it about the nature of of, uh, uh, of happiness that make that makes it possible for a being who is not happy to become happy? Okay. Nature of being and these conditions. And the, the, the eighth verse 
comes to help with that. But also more, more in, in, a, in a sense of not so much the entire eight verses for of, of uh, the eight verses is not eight verses for going to train other people's mind. Remember, it's eight verses for training your own mind. Okay, so ne- never forget that when you're caught up in the seventh verse, especially when you it seems your att- your attention and your love is directed towards beings out there, and you really want to do something, and you and you feel that you're actually doing something for them. When once in a while, say most of the time. You don't see anything happening out there. Don't be. Uh, don't let that dis- uh, become a, a source of discouragement. Remember, the whole aim of the eight verses, the whole aim of the, of of doing lojong, is to train your mind. Lojong is a uh, that that is uh, uh, the specifically the meditation of taking and giving, tonglen is a means to strengthen, to help you develop and strengthen and to really bring uh, uh, your compassion and your love to, it, to, to, it, to the ultimate expression. It's a means of being able to help you to do that. And as you are doing that, and there are these uh, accidental uh, things that happen, okay? perhaps the person that, you were beca- the person that was the, f- the, uh, the focus and the object of your compassion Actually, some, some uh, you you probably notice a transformation that takes place with that person. Okay. So those are accidents of the meditation. Okay. It's not this meditation. The aim of the meditation is to make your compassion and make your love stronger. And eventually, uh, as you do the meditation, and you strengthen your own compassion, you strengthen your love. Eventually, your love and your compassion will bring you the ability to actualize, to actually, to actually do what the meditation uh, uh, is doing. Instead of, at the end of it, instead of it being a means to help you develop compassion and and uh, and love, once those two, once those two states of mind have been fully de- fully developed, those states of mind make it possible to actually do what the meditation promise that the meditation seems to be, to be doing, to actually take on the suffering of others and to actually uh, give uh, happiness to others. And what is it about the nature of beings that will allow that to happen? Okay, now we are up to uh, the eighth verse. And this is the, the only verse in the, uh, in the entire eighth verse. The other, the other aspect of bodhicitta. And this other other aspect of bodhicitta is referred to uh, ultimate bodhicitta. And the reason for choosing the word ultimate is that when you look, when any phenomena arises, uh, any any phenomena that exists, any phenomena that is experienced, when you look for that uh, phenomena in an ultimate way, that is, what is it that you will find? What is the what is the end? that you will find beyond which there's nothing else to, to, to find. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what is that border? What is that limit? So that's the ultimate as for a characteristic of that particular uh, existence, that particular phenomena. Okay. So when you cannot go any, be, uh, any, any further, 
then whatever it, it, the, the point at which you, you arrive at, that's the ultimate nature of that phenomenon. So if you were to look at a phenomena, for example, and then you notice colors and shapes, uh, sensation, and you wanted to find out, okay, at what point, sh if, if I continue to look, continue to look, where, uh, so one of these characteristics is shared by all the other characteristics. What, ca what, what, would, what characteristic, when I, when I arrive at it, I cannot go any further? If it was the color red, for example, then you would say red of that phenomena. Okay? Because beyond red, there's nothing else. You don't see anything else. So that would be an example. Okay? Now the funny thing about phenomena, about things that exist, when you do this kind of search, you come up empty. And this coming up empty is what is referred to as nature of that phenomena. The, that when you keep looking for that phenomena and when the final point where you arrive um, beyond which there's no other things to, to, uh, to, uh, to go any further that point when you when, uh, that point is what is referred to emptiness having found emptiness having arrived at emptiness and this emptiness is uh, uh, again, it's very good to look at the word for, for, for what emotional impact it has on you upon hearing it. Before you go into uh, you know, uh, deep philosophical uh, journeys as to what... Okay. Remember the Buddha when he was teaching, uh, when he was teaching, he was teaching to ordinary people, people who recognize uh, there's something about uh, reality that's sort of funny and I'm, and I'm, in, and I'm deeply interested okay. so the Buddha spoke uh, words that everybody so when the Buddha said the ultimate nature of, uh, of, of phenomena is, is that they are empty he, the emotional impact the emotional response that you have when you hear it's empty that's exactly where he wanted to bring you he wanted to bring you to that emotional, emotion, that sense, that emotional response. Now, uh, in the in the, in the in the very beginning, if you were to follow uh, how uh, uh, how the Buddha led the uh, the disciples at that time, finally to em to empty to that to that to that uh, to that word empty. By the time empty then the, the person is, you could say is raw the person is very very ready for the imp, for what that for what that term will do to them and once they once they get there then they understand but unfortunately with force of habit the resurfaces and then that initial impact uh, strong as it uh, as it was before that is that is on, only because of the state of mind with which you had that first uh, impact. For 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 most of us, um, most of you, when you first heard that the uh, the the true nature of those, these things that exist is or emptiness, there was an initial uh, emotional reaction to it, and you lost it when you went into the books to look for what that meant. 
when you when when you when you went to listen to people to to explain to you what what it meant. Instead, instead of instead of that emotion being enhanced, perhaps you got lost in uh, what you might call intellectual intellectualizing. Intellectualizing. You got lost in intellectualizing, and then the emotion emotional impact got, uh, uh, you became removed, or the emotional impact it became more and more distant, more and more distant, and it seems. That, uh, for, for us that wisdom has a lot to do with intellect. The wisdom that I was pointing to has a lot to do with the intellect. And I'm not, a, I'm not a, an enemy of the intellect, as a matter of fact, we are good friends. <laughs> <laughs> but that is not, well, that, was, that was never the intended purpose. The only purpose wasn't to get to some intellectual level. The intended purpose was the emotional impact. Uh, just like the emotional impact led to an uh, intellectual uh, journey, there is also the reverse where the intellectual journey should lead you to an emotional impact. And it is because of the profound emotional impact of this journey that's why there is that, that's why there is a lot of, uh, uh, lot of uh, is a, uh, a lot of holding back, a lot of uh, not, res- not, not so much resistance, like uh, there's danger, you're warning the person, there's danger the person about that, a lot of, okay, a lot of warnings about danger. <laughs> <coughs> So th- that's why there's uh, all these warning signs all over the place. Okay, it is because of the deep emotional impact. When the, when there is this deep emotional impact, there will be transformation. And if you're not ready, that is, if you're not emotionally uh, mature for this for this impact, it may have an adverse effect. Okay, that's uh, that's why was that Wednesday I m- mentioned that Manjushri. Uh, the story of Manjushri telling this uh, disciple, uh, giving the um, the profound meaning of what what emptiness is, is about, and then that had the reverse effect on the disciple. The disciple ended up going to the hells. Okay, so it is because of the danger like this. Not so much uh, there is this very sacred thing, inherently inherently existently sacred. And then if you mistreat it, step on it, and then you will be punished, and you were sent to the hell for, because you you are you are sacrilegious to, to it. That's that, that that's not necessarily the reason. It's because of the emotional impact. Okay. So while you're doing your while you're on your intellectual intellectual journey, looking for nature, looking for the true nature of 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 uh, of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of your nature. Of the nature of others, of the nature of things around you. If it if it gets more and more intellectual, more and more intellectual, and you find yourself becoming more and more distant, more and more distant from you from emotions, then you're then you're going the wrong direction. Okay. It's not going to be one day, and then and and the urge, the only urge you feel is to write a write a, a dissertation. Okay. 
if that's if if that's what you get, then you you are on the wrong path. Okay. You you can become maybe a very good scholar, be able to you know write paragraphs about uh, one one term. Or, uh, as far as the trans the actual transformation is concerned, you missed it. You missed the point. Okay. These things that exist, you. The way you re- the way you feel yourself truly exists. To, to exist, the problems that you have, the way they feel to exist, the wonderful things that you have, the way they feel wonderful to be problems, and hold on to that, that sense of their realness, that sense of their weight, that sense of their substantiality, and they, seems to, they seem to carry with them that there is a there is a, there is a like a refined an ultimate subs- substanceness to them that you're gonna keep looking keep looking keep looking and you'll get at this oh this very refined for this very refined very uh, very uh, luxurious almost uh, substance to to these realities the, the, all these sense all these uh, existences seems to have carried that with them. And when you look for them, you look and you look and you look and you look and you do a thorough, complete search and you come up empty. If that doesn't give you an emotional shock, then you are not doing your job. There is... So in the meditation, that is a meditation on wisdom, because unfortunately you're here, you're going to come up empty, your mind is looking for empty from the very beginning and that is not how you do meditation on, 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 on emptiness you don't look for emptiness you look for substantiality and you do a thorough search for substantiality and you have to that has while you while you uh, you carry with you uh, almost uh, so there's a part of you that's doing the search it's like the parent and then there's the child who completely believes that there is a substance to be found and those two things are, are, are walking next to each other. Okay. So there's the parent, okay, no, look, it here, do you see it here, do you see it there? And the, and the expectation of finding it. Okay. And then once you thoroughly search where you thought it, it should have existed and you, and you finally arrive at that last point where you thought it, that's where it should have been and it's not there, and your mind cannot go to anywhere else to look for it because you've exhausted all other places, then the realization comes. That emptiness that you arrive at is, is, on, is almost by accident. You are not looking for it. That the, remember, meditation on emptiness is not looking for emptiness. That is in the meditation itself has the emotions that you carry, the conviction that you carry, the intention is not to look for absence. Why? Even if you start looking for an empty, that empty that you're going to be looking for, you will not be able to find it. Okay, let me tell you, let me, t- let me put it to you in a way that you already understood. You will be holding empty. If you start your meditation, holding on to emptiness and looking for it, 
that emptiness you you're holding and looking for is a self-existent empty. And unfortunately, I there was not a self-existent empty. Okay. So what what does that mean? There is not going to get to the ultimate nature of uh, emptiness, the emptiness of emptiness. No. You're going to be disappointed. There's not going to be this emotional re- realization of all that misconception that you held in your mind <laughs> don't exist. The object of those misconceptions do not exist. You will not come to that realization. In your mind, the grasping to th- that there is a substance. And in- instead, this time, because of the, uh, all the intellectualization, now you've made emptiness into some sort of substance to look for. Oh, it's shiny, emptiness is shiny. Emptiness is, you know, uh, uh, luxurious. Emptiness, same thing about emptiness is, emptiness is. As, as though emptiness is something out of which, you know, everything was fabricated. It is a realization that you arrive at while you're doing a search. doing meditation on emptiness. Now, the verse itself, uh, the, the kind of meditation that the verse asks us to do is, uh, is to do what you might make the, uh, a metaphor or a simile for, for, uh, that leads to that realization. It's the illusion kind of, kind of meditation. Where does the verse go again? Is that good for Oh yeah, the first ver- two verses say, uh, "May the so may all the work that you've done so far not be stained by the eight worldly thoughts." You are asked again to do another kind of vigilance. Before you were asked to do vigilance on the mental afflictions, now you're asked to do a, a kind of a, a vigilance on what are called the eight worldly thoughts, the eight worldly dharmas, the eight things, okay? And these eight things are very subtle forms of ego, uh, egotistic uh, behavior, okay? Uh, the way you, the way we understand, the way, uh, the psychological way we understand the terms e- egotistical, okay? So there, there, if, if you're not careful, all every beautiful thing that you're doing can can uh, can be uh, like any one of these eight worldly uh, concerns or eight worldly thoughts, and make the, your your endeavor, which was from the beginning a spiritual endeavor, into just another worldly endeavor. And even though on the outside of it, it may have the appearance of being completely spiritual. But it's not spiritual because it's not going to lead you to any spiritual uh, results because on to the eight worldly thoughts. And you all know what the eight worldly thoughts are, right? Come. Okay, come on. You, people who, who know, what are the eight worldly thoughts? Uh huh. Gaining, gain and loss. Famous yeah. and fame and, uh, and nobody knows. Nobody. Uh, what, 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 is there one word for that? Worthless theory. Uh, what was that? Worthless theory. 
No, huh? fortune. No, no. Oh. Fortune. Reputation. Yeah, by reputation, wasn't it? Oh, sorry. By reputation. Bad reputation. Bad reputation. Pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure. Praise. Praise. Oh, praise. So are you getting those words that have been passed around? Okay. They come in twos. <laughs> <laughs> happy when you get something, unhappy when you don't when you don't. Now, how is it worldly? What is the worldly what is the worldly concern? What is it that what is it about these uh, holding on to these intentions, holding on to these emotions that makes your activity worldly? So I shouldn't be happy if I am practicing. In, am I practicing? I shouldn't be happy if uh, if I'm getting results. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be unhappy if I'm. It would be that that you tend. You, you don't understand the object in the sense that you overvalue it. You, you place a value on the object and then you grasp to that, and it's not the object really isn't what you're grasping to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you could say that that, that would be like the process. Desire, going on in your mind. Desire, basically. That's a process that's going on in your mind. You overvalue something, you on, on on the value of something, and the emotional weight that that that, uh, that it carries. When you gain it, you get overly happy. You get over yourself. Okay. And if you if you and because of that, you're in danger of the opposite. If you happen to lose that thing that you are overly happy about, become overly sad. And at, it's, it's because of the very moment of being overly happy and the moment of being overly sad. The moment of being overly happy, you make that thing the ultimate thing that exists in the universe. You probably don't, you're probably not intellectually aware of it, but when you're overly happy about something, that thing becomes the only important thing in the universe. And when you're overly uh, uh, sad about something, you lost it. Then that, that loss, that sense of loss becomes the only important thing in the universe. So you have, you have sort of uh, supplanted your ultimate goal by this, very, by, this, by, by this thing that's happening right now, which is you, this thing, and now you understand why the next two verses, these things which are not the most important thing in the universe, that you have the illusion that they are, are going to mess you up. This, this holding on to them to being that way is going to mess you up. If you, you've taken your you've taken your eyes off the prize, you've taken yourself off the the, the path, and you made uh, uh, you've given yourself another object object pursue. So, I'm always been uh, I was always confused. I said, okay, okay, what can what can we, what, how am I supposed to go around and go out go go about the world? Be like you know, uh, 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 go 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 around the world with a blank face, blank expression. <laughs> None, is that what is that what this verses are telling me? But I thought uh, at first that's what that's what that's what I thought they meant, and I tried to implement that. And then <laughs> being not being happy when something happens that is supposed to be making me happy, and try not to be sad when something sad happens is very depressing. <laughs> trying, trying, to, trying to do that, you end up just being depressed. <laughs> you end up, you, you because you're going to say, I don't feel anything. Of course you don't feel anything. You're trying not to, not to make yourself feel anything. 
and not feeling anything doesn't feel good. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's talking about not necessarily before that moment when you're making, when you're making too, too big a deal about something. And it's almost like uh, uh, you sit down, you, be, you, 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 you do your meditation, and then you have this very wonderful experience, and you're so happy about it. But happy about it in the sense that you think that's it. You think that's anything else, I just want that, I just want that. Okay? And, and what is the nature of this thing? It can't stay forever. But you want it to stay forever. And you're grasping at it, wanting it to stay forever, is going to only lead to disappointment. So this over, is, it, 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 it doesn't mean that you, sh you shouldn't keep a sense of, it doesn't mean that when uh, you shouldn't, uh, uh, you should cut your emotions, you know, be like Spock. <laughs> don't be happy, don't be sad. It doesn't mean that. Okay. So as in the moment when you are happy, enjoy it, but don't delude yourself. Sad, don't delude yourself. Don't make that the ultimate, finally you found the thing that lasts forever. Okay? I don't know about you, but this problem I have, this is, this, this is the thing that exists forever. This is the thing that's going to last forever. And that's why I have to be sad forever. Okay? And you, you carry on this sense, I'm going to be sad forever, with you in that and it is destroying things that are going, uh, wonder, uh, work, wonderful work that you've done in with your mind when you do that. Okay. If it is sad, oh, it's a sad situation. So what should, what should be the wise thing that you should do? Understand that causing uh, you the sadness isn't coming from the object inherently that it came from. Uh, causing a condition that you said in the past that is likened to the result that's arising. Mm. Therefore, if that arises, then to um, grasp at the sadness and um, not try and, you know, let it pass through and, mm -hmm. and understand it on, a, on whatever basis of wisdom that you have. Mm -hmm. um, this is what you would want to do. Okay. So it, it, uh, that is based on, so you look at it based on whatever understanding of whatever level of wisdom you have. Look at it that way. If it, if, if it is sad, if you understand that this sadness is coming from causes and conditions, then you say, okay, now I know that this is sad. And, oh, the sadness, mm, I don't like it. Doesn't taste good. Mm, kind of too salty maybe. <laughs> okay, so now you put salt next time. <laughs> and then you move on. Don't just wallow in there, oh, it's sad, it's sad. It's sad, you won't believe it, it's sad. No, you're not listening to me, it's sad, I'm telling you. <laughs> that doesn't help. That's grasping to the, it, w w it will look. And then this idea of, of uh, uh, to be known, to be known, and that and uh, this one can appear in so many subtle forms. The wa wanting to be known, 
even to the to the point where where you are happy that you are known for not being known. <laughs> I'm I'm a great yogi. Nobody knows me. <laughs> and everybody must be must be think must be talking about me. Goes, oh, he, that's the guy nobody knows. <laughs> and this becomes again the thing is at at the moment of being overwhelmed by it 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 uh it uh it exchanges itself for your ultimate motive for your ultimate motive for your ultimate goal for your ultimate objective that we were making in the beginning of the meditation it's uh, uh, wonderful and nice you worked towards getting it how difficult it was to keep and once you kept it and how nice it made, it made everything now all of a sudden now at that moment you exchange that determination for this thing now you don't, you don't want to reach enlightenment for the sake of all such beings anymore and because you want to be known you think ah when I become a Buddha everybody will know me I mean, just like the Dalai Lama, you know, where I go, people will say, "Oh, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's him." And just become, just be, just to be known becomes your ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose, okay. And you will end up to be doing, or you will end up doing things that you're supposed to be doing, but will, will, and because you're holding the wrong intention, it will not be as powerful as as, as they could have been. And this. These things can be very tricky and very, uh, very subtle. You may be uh, carrying them and thinking you can the opposite of them. Well, I don't want to be known. Are you trying hard not to be known? You don't want to be known. Okay, if people don't know you. Don't know you. Okay, get going with your life. Okay, but you make a we make a such a effort so that we don't we are not known. But in, 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 our, in our mind, what we are really thinking about is that they know me to be the one who doesn't, who does not, who doesn't want to be known. And, uh, or we will die if, nobody, if no one knows us. So we want to make sure people know us. So we, if, we were, if we were a bodhisattva doing great deeds, people would know us. When I go to a place, people will accept me, people will love me because I'm the bodhisattva. I, I, I don't say I'm a bodhisattva, but people know I'm a bodhisattva, and they love me because I'm a bodhisattva. But secretly, <laughs> I don't tell them. <laughs> so, uh, happy uh, gain, loss. Uh, happy, sad. Moon, uh, not known. Praise, 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 and then criticize. Okay. Well, the same thing. Okay. To the point, the, uh, the praise and criticism one, to the point where you will avoid them just for the sake of avoiding them. If an action, another action, if, if an event demands an action for you from you, that will, that will bring about criticism. But you know 
that it is the right action to do. So doing the right action doesn't become the purpose anymore, the decide. So you don't do it. Or the opposite. You want to be praised for your actions. Then you're doing something, perhaps the initial reason for doing it was something very noble, and then you got a little praise, and the little praise felt good, and you got just one praise now, and you just, you just do things, and then you overmarket it, <laughs> what you do, you overblow it, you're selling out of hot air, and you're saying substantial things, and just because it, you get praises from it. Okay. And, and it's not necessarily, it could be something like global, you get global praise, or global, it could be just a little something between. It could be just between you and your friend, between you and your family, between you and your community, where these subtle, uh, uh, I would call them subtle demons, come in and they take over and they exchange themselves, they disguise themselves as your good intention and they completely destroy your, your good work. You have to be very careful. And now, after, now you're doing Tong Lan, <laughs> you're taking people's suffering. You're giving them your, you're giving away your own happiness. You know, uh, I don't have that much, but I'm giving mine, uh, giving it away anyway. And that's a, a great, mon- an incredible being. And this incredible being is still in danger of such what we might call petty things. Okay. I'm doing Tonglen, and all of a sudden there's this need for people to, to people to like you. Okay. And then you go around, oh, you know, I'm doing Tonglen, right? That's the the meditation I do now. I take over people's suffering and uh, (laughs) I give away my my happiness to them. (laughs) And uh, the purpose of it is not to teach them uh, there is such a thing called Tonglen. What you're waiting for is for them to say, oh, you're a great guy. (laughs) So this beautiful, incredible practice now becomes not something that leads to some spiritual goal, but something worldly. And I think uh, I've always, I've always uh, uh, quoted it in the wrong way. Uh, he says uh, something about fasting. You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't fast just so that uh, people can people can know that you're fasting. He said, uh, I, I'm not, I, "Don't do like the Republicans do." Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not what they said. <laughs> but that's what I remember, right? Don't do, don't do as the Republicans. I mean, don't do as the, you know, along that line of fasting. He said, no, go, when you pray, don't pray out loud so people can know that you're praying, but go in your closet. When you're fasting, don't go around looking, Lord, I'm fasting, I'm about to die. Look how great I am, a great spiritual practitioner. He said, do it in secret. He said, don't do it like a, is it Republicans? I mean, I have to go and look at that. I have to go look at that. Okay. Pharisees or something, or something like that. Pharisees, Republicans, something. <laughs> so don't do it that way. That is, if you do it that way, and it, and and it, the court continues to say, then that becomes your reward. The fact of being recognized. That's it. So all that beautiful work. And the only result you get from it, for two seconds, somebody recognizes you and praises you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the, 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 the best meditation to help avoid uh, uh, 
the danger of the eight worldly uh, uh, worldly causes is the meditation on wisdom where you focus on the illusion-like nature of things. It's like your mind is, is grasping onto it as having very big importance. And if you show your mind it's, illusion, it's like an illusion, just saying it's like an illusion, you're already beginning to, to undo the, the damage of the mind grasping onto it as being very important. Okay. Now if you just go beyond saying just the words, it's, it's, it's like an illusion, but you actually get to some uh, perception where you arrive at, oh, it is like an illusion. So that realization, oh, it's like an illusion. The, ha- the happiness that I'm experiencing, oh, it's like an illusion. So you experience the happiness for its sake, not for all the, oh, not for all the stuff, uh, the extra stuff that you're putting on it, extra, extra stuff. Um, you, you, you say it better than I'm saying right now, extra stuff you put on it, like some sort of recipe. Overvalue, overvalue, overvalue overimportance, uh, yeah, overvalue that you, you place on it, okay? So you free yourself from that. You're able to a really enjoy it for what it is. And believe it or not, that enjoyment is much better than the enjoyment of thinking that it's more valuable th- th- than what it is. Okay. So thinking that uh, you, you succeeded at whatever and then you overblow it, and, and you're overblowing it because you want, you want to m- m- be able to m- give you more happiness. So it's like, you, it can give you this much happiness and you're expecting this much. So when you only get this much, what is this part doing? Causing you pain. Causing you pain. <laughs> no, disappointment, Expect, expecting something that will not be, will only be painful. So. Little enjoyment that you, the enjoyment that you had becomes insignificant. Mm-hmm. So you can't really enjoy it anymore. But if, if you just stay with what this is, you enjoy from here to there, then this is very, very blissful. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're really able to enjoy something when you just let it be. To, you know, put sugar in it and put uh, salt and pepper on it. Mm-hmm. With toast, with butter, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always salt and pepper on toasting wood. So the meditation for now is to simply uh, out what it means to uh, the, uh, go about it the way the Buddha would expect you to go about it in a sense of what emotional reaction you have when you say to yourself, it's like an illusion. It's like, remember those words, it's like an illusion. Not it's an illusion. It's like an illusion. So when you... And you're feeling yourself uh, uh, disturbingly happy <laughs> or disturbingly sad about something that's happening where, it's gonna, where, it's care, where it seems like it's going to last forever, hmm? then tell yourself, it's like an illusion. This thing is like an illusion. Mm. Then you're able to enjoy it for what it is. <coughs> okay. Mm. okay. Uh, I think we already went over some of the illusion stuff. We will go over it uh, next time we meet.
Okay. Think of illusion uh, because I think for some people illusion carry the sense of uh, of, a, uh, of a sad situation. Illusion is like magic, magical. But I, I prefer that you th you you think of it more like magical illusion. Wow, it's an illusion. Okay, look at this illusion. Wow, <laughs> I'm looking at it and it's still looks like it's real. Wow! intention I'm going to meditate that term illusion like state that you experienced before. Recall it so vividly that the very vivid recollection infuses your present state. It actually gives you a taste of that sense of tranquility. sense of tranquility to help just observe five cycles of breath as you breathe in just know you're breathing in as you breathe out just know you're breathing out do not concern yourself with any other phenomena that may be occurring in your mind
finding the ultimate purpose, the ultimate expression of compassion. So those for whom you are doing Tongnan meditation for, that is, th those were the object, either an event or a person or persons, think of their suffering. whether it is mental, physical, environmental. What can you bring to such a person? That if that person has it, they will be completely free of, of the condition of ever having to experience such sufferings in the future. What can you bring them? What can you help them find that would make them finally be content and happy and never have to worry about losing that happiness? saying this in your mind until there is this conviction that there is this experience, this thing, this existence this is that will fulfill those two aims. So you have to go and find it to be able to bring it to them, to be able to help them find it. become the motivation for starting the search. This is gathering the necessary conditions, the first necessary condition for wisdom meditation. Really, really want it. 
have to find it. That ingredient, that one thing. That brings freedom. <coughs> if you can bring it to your mother, you could stop her suffering forever. She will be forever happy. You have to find it.
bring your attention back to your breath. So just speaking matter of fact, we did meditation on love. The merits from these is immeasurable. On top of that, we did meditation somewhat on wisdom. Added to the immeasurable merit, it makes it, well, further immeasurable. So dedicate the power of this power. Keeping your awareness on the breath, of the body once more. Very last things I say about the when uh, when Kenumbache uh, uh, gave uh, how to meditate on wisdom, he mentioned that uh, it's very important that you must really want it. You must really want wisdom. So that's a very important uh, state of mind to o- arrive at, and and to to help you arrive at this state of uh, the state of go through the path of, of compassion, the path of, of love. Think of a situation that you are, or you that you are in, sense of situation that someone you love is in, and then let that spur you. If I if I could get to wisdom, I, that would be an actual way of helping this person. Okay, and let that I have to get to wisdom. I have to get to wisdom. I have to. I have to. Okay. So we want to get to that that state of mind. Uh, Making the bridge now for the illusion-like nature of things. Ask yourself, what use would it be for you to discover the illusion-like nature of something? How would that really help you? I mean, think of it in your own mind. Try to get to the... And don't don't try to force your mind to get to a... a, What would I call that? an answer that will be necessarily agreeable. Get to the truth of it. Is it really going to help you? Because your problem is real. Okay? So it's just realizing the illusion-like nature of things. How is that? You have to think, you have to try to figure out, try to get to the, the point of, is that really going to help? How is it going to help me with my problem? And actually think of, a, think of a, uh, one of your problems. 
if I were to see it, not if I were to think of it, okay? If I were to see it as being always just like an illusion, how would I react? How would I uh, be if I were to see that's what it is? Not that if I were to think of it, of it that way. Like, you know, there's a, you know, whatever is problem, say, oh, it's an illusion, it's an illusion, it's like an illusion. And then you, you why, why watching your mind to see how your mind feels. Is, is, is the mortgage paid? Is the... Is, is saying those things uh, is that is, is that thinking of the problem? Not in that sense, okay. But if you were to really see it, oh, it's just like oh, look at that! It's just like an illusion. And all that and all those, those real problems. If you were to really see it, oh, it's just like an illusion. W- what would it be? It would like discovering. It's like uh, you're watching a, a magic trick, a magic act. At first, you, it's just magic. Wow, just magic. You don't know how you, you might go, how, how the, and but you know it's a magic act, so you so you know there's a there's some things coming together to create that. So, so if you were to see the illusion-like nature of of the mortgage, then you will, you will be able to see ah oh, I see oh these are the things the components that comes together for it to become to to do that. Mm. Now you now you're able to dismantle it. Now you're able to you're able to create it and recreate it yourself. Then you will free you from. Oh my God! It's the mortgage. I'm gonna pay the mortgage. Yeah, I'm gonna die. <laughs> mortgage. I don't know where that comes from. Da, 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 da. Okay. You, you're free from that. Okay. Doesn't mean that the mortgage all of a sudden uh, disappears. <laughs> 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 but you can deal with it and not be overwhelmingly. Uh, what's, what? What is it? Overwhelmingly anxious. Anxious. Yeah, that doesn't help. All right, that's it. Thank you very much.